welcome back to season seven, episode two. Um, I don't know how you got here. I don't know you from a can of a two things, but I appreciate you for being here with me. I appreciate you for tuning in with me. I appreciate your listenership and, and your support. And I want to say thank you for being a fistful warrior right now. If you're tuning in with me. And last but not least, um, we're going to have Q&A tonight. Because <laughs> y'all know why tonight's Friday. It's Friday. And you know we do the Q&As on Friday night. So, and just because, just because it's a new season don't mean we're going to change it up. Because I got some questions. Well, I'm on doing top five tonight. I picked five good ones. And that's all I'm going to do tonight. So, five of them. And I'll save the other five for next Friday. But moving forward, because we got some things to clear and I ain't trying to go over my time frame, my time limit. Um... I'm going to hop right into this message. And the reason why I say that bringing it out starts with us and in us. And that's why tonight's episode is bringing it out in us. Tonight is about in us. Because sometimes we can sit here and say we want certain people to do this. Or we want certain things to be this way or certain things to be that way. But in reality, everything that we want, everything that we manifest, everything that we desire, and everything we have a vision for, it starts with us. Have y'all noticed that everything starts with us? If we're not aligned right ourselves, then nothing around us will be aligned right. Nothing will fall in place if we're not right. If we're going astray in some areas, trust me, everything and everybody around you is going to fall out of place and go whichever way they want to. They're not going to be aligned with you. Trust me. And when things and people are not aligned with you, it's okay for the people's perspective in some cases, not all cases, listen to me closely, but for things not to be aligned with you, that's very, very much okay. It's okay. Move on. You got other things coming. Trust me. And tonight, I want to talk about how do we get to that point to um, bring it out in us. First of all, you need to take a deep self-reflection at yourself. Right? I don't care if you got to write down things that you do not like about yourself, things that people have told you about yourself that you never really took the time to listen or never took note to understand where they was coming from because you didn't want to hear anything about you. Um, take time to write down some things you're, no, you know you're messing up there. Like, if you don't heard it more than one time and it came from different situations, from different people's perspective, write it down and actually sit there and self-reflect on it and be like, dang, let me, let me think. Do I, do I really do this? Do I really, do I really act like this? Do I really have an attitude? Do I really not respect things? Do I really play too much? Do I procrastinate? Am I really disrespectful? Do I really not give a freaking fuck about nothing? Like, sit down, and, and that's the part about being introspective that we can't handle. We cannot handle self-reflecting on self, but we are quick to point our fingers at others and point out what they've done, point out what they do. But when it comes to you, 
<laughs> you have a hard time disclosing the truth and the flaws about you. You see what I'm saying? And that's that's not fair. If you can't self-reflect on yourself, you have no business telling somebody else about themselves. And that goes for the general population because everybody does that. We have a we have a thing about putting somebody in their place. Boy, as humans, we will put you in your place so fast, but can't nobody put us in our place. We, we will not allow somebody to tell us about us, but we will tell them about them in a minute. So that's why I say it starts with us. You have to be able to take those deep self-reflections and take that time out for you to get to know you and actually see, like, hey, I really be doing this. I really be out here wilding out. I really need to take this time to figure out how I'm going to change these flaws in me. What do I need to do differently to change these flaws? How do I want to even change them? Or the thing or the question really is, do you really want to change it? <laughs> because things, you know, you get accustomed to yourself doing things. You get accustomed to the way you act to things. You get accustomed to what you say and how you interact with things. So do you really want to change it? You've probably been doing it all your life. <laughs> so the question deep down when you self-reflect is, do you really want to change it? And will it be worth it to change it? You get what I'm saying? So, but when it starts with you and you want to work from the inside of you, coming from the outside of you, sometimes you need to breastfeed the word of God. And yeah, I know you, you, you probably like breastfeed. Like that's for us to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's for us to do. Breastfeed is for women. But breastfeeding the word of God means to nurture the word of God. I had to learn that myself. It took me a while to learn it myself because when you're nurturing the word of God, you're actually, you're feeding off of it. You're letting it soak in to you in a different perspective. You're letting it soak in in different areas of you that you never thought it, it would flow. You never thought it would go because it's it'd probably be too powerful it, or it was too powerful for you at that moment. But guess what? When you learn how to nurture it, you learn how to implement it into your life. And then it becomes a habit. And then it becomes a daily habit. And then it becomes an accustomed. And then it becomes something in you. <laughs> so it starts with you inside of you. And guess what? When you start working on the inside of you, it shows on the outside. So, and let me go ahead and go over these advantages of breastfeeding the word. I know um, it, it sounds weird, but let me let me get let me get into it. Let me get into it. The advantages of breastfeeding: it hears your heartbeat, which means it's God that hears your heartbeat because it's His word. So of course, when you start breastfeeding His word, He can hear your heartbeat. Of course, He created you anyway. I mean, He know your beat. He know how many beats per minute. He know how warm your blood flow is and how warm just to keep it for life in you. Which brings me to my next one is that it is warmed by the closeness to you. 
God say he knew how warm you was. He knew how warm to keep you, to keep you alive too. And last but not least, it draws nourishment from you, which means the nourishment sometimes are bad because it's things that you're ridding yourself of. So it's nourishments that you no longer need. But when you start to breastfeed on his words, you, you are strengthened with new nourishments. You get what I'm saying? You don't get what I'm saying yet? Okay, keep following me. So, my question to you is, are you nurturing the word of God, or are you just reading it? You're reading it like a book, or are you nurturing it? Which one? Or are you just reading it to just get through it? Or are you reading it because somebody told you you had to read it? Or are you reading it just to say you read it? Or are you reading it just to knock it out? Another to-do list on your to-do list? Hmm, I don't know. I'm asking you. I want to know. Comment. I want to know. We're going to talk about this. And this is a discussion that I would particularly like to do because I didn't start out nourishing the Word of God. Hands up, hands down, honest truth. I did not start out nourishing the Word of God. And that's the mistake we all make because sometimes we don't know how to read the Bible. Sometimes we don't know where to start in the Bible to read it. But we have different resources now that will help us and guide us to read the Bible in 365 days, read the Bible in a year now. We got apps, the Bible apps, we got CBN apps that will help us guide and, and lead us to read the Bible. So me... And this is why I do what I do because I know how it is. I know where it comes from. I know how bad you want to know something, but you don't understand it. So how can you nourish the word of God when you don't understand it? And when you don't understand it, you cannot implement it into your lifestyle. It's not a failure on your behalf. It's not like you're intentionally mishapping these instructions or these guidelines because there are no guidelines. There is no, the only good book is the Bible. And you don't know where to start with it. Because why? We don't know how to nourish the word for ourselves. We don't know how to read it for ourselves and implement it for ourselves. See, that's why you have several different um versions of the Bible. People always say King James Version is the popular version. Okay, got it. It is. It is the most popular version. But I will tell you this. There are two other versions that I also read. So when I have King James Version out, I have NIV out, and I also have ICB out. Yeah, I do the Children's Bible International. It, look, listen, the New Generation Bible and the Children's Bible and the King James Bible, all three help me. Because when I'm going through the King James Version, and that's how I started, as a, as a child, when you're growing up in this lifestyle, it's different. Because now you have your parents taking you. You have your parents, you know, putting you in choir practices. You have your whole um, church congregation, you know, all these youth programs. But nobody actually sat you down to actually teach you the word. 
And that's what's happening today in, in today's society. That's why people are drawing away from church because nobody's actually taking the time out to teach them the word. They're just throwing the Bible at you. They're just throwing the scripture at you. They're just telling tell you, hey, well, you need to start with this or you need to read this. Well, baby, here's a Bible. Take your time and read it. But nobody ever taught you how to read it. Nobody gave you them proper guidelines on how to read it. Nobody told you where to even start. See, me, I didn't know where to start. <laughs> I was a child. My mom gave me a Bible. I started, this is how I started with my blog and what I do now. I started writing scriptures down that were good to me and meant positive energy. And I would fold them up and put them in a bucket. And when I put them in a bucket, I'll shake them up later. So if I was going through like a bad day at school or something, I'd come home and, you know, pull one out of the bucket I already read before that I knew was good to me that I could relate to. So that's how I started. And then I, it, it came to me and I'm like, <laughs> my mama never taught, never taught me how to read the Bible. <laughs> that's how I started. I was just starting from random scriptures. Now, as an adult, I am grateful for my parents, my mother, for introducing me to God at a young age. I'm very grateful, very grateful, because she gave me the introduction to him. But now as a grown-up and as me getting to know him for myself and building this relationship with him, it is my responsibility to keep this relationship going. And that's where y'all fail at. Because you think grandma's gonna continue to pray for you. You think your friends are gonna continue to pray for you. You think your mom is gonna continue to pray for you. You think people are going to tell you when to go to church. You think people are going to call you and tell you, hey baby, you need to do this. You need to read this scripture. No, 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 they're not. Now that you know him, your mama told you who he was, gave you a Bible. Now it is your responsibility <laughs> to continue to grow that relationship. See, parents and people around you as a kid only give you the introduction of Jesus. See, that's why you wasn't ever taught how to read the Bible, because that was just an introduction. See, now we have the resources as adults to do all the research we want to. We have the resources as adults to get to know him for ourselves. And yes, we're going to make mistakes along the way. And yes, we're going to be corrected every time. And yes, it's going to backpedal. We're going to go through some trials. We're going to go through some tribulations. We're going to go through some pain. We're going to go through some suffering. But one thing we will not do while we're trying to get to know him is break. We may be in. <laughs> we may be in for like two minutes or, you know, however long we stay there. But we will not break with him. But that's another topic. I already talked about it on, on YouTube. And you can see that show too. It's, it's already on air. But I'm going to stay with this and I'm going to keep going. So when we nurture God's word, you are appeasing to that. You want to grow out of what you're going through. And you don't want to grow through it alone. You want to grow through it with him. 
you're letting him know, like, God, I need your word. I need you. And I want to grow through this with you. I don't just want to go through something. See, when we go through something, we want to hurry up and get up out of there. We want to hurry up because it's not good for us. We having so much trials and we having so many problems. We, our feelings are messed up. Our emotions are messed up. People are treating us wrong. We, we go on financial issues. We thinking children may be needing things. We may be needing things, but we're laughing because we're trying to keep them from covering through all we go through. We don't, it's okay for us to go through, but as parents, we never want them to go through. We don't even want them to feel the going through part. So when we're trying to do all that, you have to realize that don't rush your process. There's a lesson in whatever you're going through. You have to be able to sit there, embrace it, and say, God, teach me, show me while I'm going through what I need to be growing through. See, don't look at it as you're going through something. Oh, girl, I'm just going through something right now. No, no, you're not going through. You are growing through. The more you start to seek Jesus, the more you start to want to know God, you're going to grow with him. So every trial and tribulation that hits you, everything that hits you, you're not going through alone. You're not even going through. You are growing. You're growing through it. Because I can guarantee you when it's all said and done, you're going to learn something from it. Remember, God don't, he, he don't, he does not chastise us with bad. And he never gives us anything he know we can't handle. So if you got something going on right now, that means God knows you can handle it. That means he know, like, hey, I'm going to go ahead and give this to her. I want to see what she's going to do with it. I want to see how she's going to come up with the things. And you know what? All she really got to do is just trust me to fix it. I want to see if she's going to trust me, that I trust her to trust me, help her grow through it. See, sometimes God don't even give you things just to, just to go through on your own. You don't even realize sometimes things he give you, he just wants you to give it back to him. But you will sit there. We will sit there and hold on to whatever we going through. Like it's just so bad. It's, it's, it's just particularly for us. But you got to realize when you start growing your relationship with God, you got to realize like, hey, I'm going to get this right back to him. You know what I mean? You have to think, God made me too many promises in that Bible to take care of me, to love me. He made me that I would never go through things alone. He would always strengthen me. He made you too many promises in that Bible to let you go through something alone. That's what you fail to realize when you go through something. He made you too many promises in that Bible to sit there and watch you grow, go through something. You think he don't want it back? God, God knows some burdens and some problems is not yours. But we will sit there and we will take it like it's ours. Knowing they gone well, we need to give it back. As soon as you get that problem, you need to hand it right on, right on over to God. Because it's his. It ain't yours. He already know it's his. He want to see if you're going to give it back to him and 
start failing. See, now you're not trusting him to do his work, but he done trusted you to do your part. And you still fail your part and his part, because now you done took it by yourself and think it's yours. <laughs> Come on now. Oh, I cannot make this up, Lord. Oh, I cannot. Let's, let's go. See, I be having fun with my word. I, 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 you know, you have to have fun with the word. Everybody say the Bible is boxed in. Everybody say the Bible, you can't do nothing with it. You can't, you know, it's just a simple guide of instruction. No, I have fun with the word, but when you get a good understanding of why it's there and it went, why and why to use it and when to use it at all times, it's a relief to actually get to know something and somebody for yourself. I appreciate my mom for introducing me to Jesus and introducing me to God, but I appreciate myself the most for continuing this relationship. I appreciate every trial and tribulation that he has thrown my way, no matter what, how I came out. I appreciate it because it allowed me to draw closer to him. You have to appreciate everything you've been through. Because guess what? I can guarantee every time you went through something, tell me then pray. I'm waiting. I'll, I'll. And it's not nothing you went through, you didn't pray. It's not nothing you went through, you didn't call his name. Oh, Lord, what I'm going to do? That was the time you called his name. I can guarantee you, you don't know how God has saved you. As in your, from your own situation and yourself just from calling on his name and you didn't even know you was calling on his name and just by calling on his name in those moments was actually building your relationship with him y'all ever heard Shirley Caesar Jesus I love calling your name mm that's a song for you, baby. <laughs> that is a song for you, baby. I'm going to tell you. She spoke. Shirley Caesar spoke, baby. And when she said, I love calling your name, baby, you will call, you, you, you call Jesus, you don't even know you calling him. But guess what? Every time you call him, no matter if it's intentional or unintentional, he's there. He sees you. He hears you. And he's always with you. And I guarantee you got through everything you got through every time you called on him. It's because it was him, not you. Moving on. <laughs> okay. Starting the part. Okay. When you go through and you're nourishing the word, it's like you're starving the part of your flesh that is no longer good for you. And the reason for that, I say they say starving. I say ridden. The reason why I say ridden is because you're getting rid of pieces of yourself that's no longer good. Like my attitude, your attitude. Okay, so I, I'm, I got attitude, right? And when I start nourishing God's word and asking him in prayer to, Lord, help me work on my attitude. Lord, help me work on my attitude when I'm going through something 
helped me to be more grateful than to respond with attitude. I don't want to be mad no more when I'm going through something. I want to be joyful. I want to be happy because I know it's not my burden. I know it's not my problem. It's yours. So why should I be sad going through something that's for you to help me get through when I should be happy because I know you're going to help me get through. So I'm ridding myself from that attitude. And spiritually, I'm taking on the gratitude way of dealing with things. So you're not starving. As well, some people say it's starving. I, I say ridding. So when I nourish his word, I know his promises he made me, never to leave me, never forsake me, always to love me, always be there, never leave me alone. I, I'm strengthening me. His courage. He give me he gives me wisdom. When I ask, gotta ask for wisdom. Close mouth don't get fed. But I'm ridding myself from old habits, from things I used to do things I don't do no more. I'm ridding myself of those things. When you start nourishing his word and when you start to want to implement it into your lifestyle, you are ridding yourself of the old you to create that new creature. So that's why I call it ridding. They say starving. I I haven't practiced starving part of it but hey if it's starving for you it's starving but me I'm ridding my old flesh into this new creature that's just me there is no way you can plan for your future and dwell in the past at the same time y'all know that you catch that you have to rid something some old habits, some old people, or some people that are no longer adding value to your life or relationships that you're trying to keep with them. See, sometimes we can hold on to people just because of who they are in our life. Your mom, your dad, your sister, family, family. Oh, let's talk about family. We hold on to family members as if they don't do nothing wrong. And we're so passive aggressive with them because they have the title family. Listen, at the end of the day, they're family. But take a good look at that, that person you call family. They are a human first. They put their clothes on, they eat food, they cook food. They do all the things you do when you wake up in the morning. They are human first before family. Just like you. So <laughs> with that being said, stop being passive aggressive to the treatment that they give you just because they hold the title family. See, we can rid ourselves and get rid of friends, get rid of coworkers because they negative and they feed out this negative energy. But 
at the end of the day, <laughs> rid ourselves and get rid of friends, get rid of coworkers because they negative and they feed out this negative energy. But at the end of the day, <laughs> baby, family gets the most passes from anybody because they hold the title family. And I'm going to tell you, <laughs> baby, they are human. They do wrong. They do so much wrong. But because they hold the title family, it's kind of hard to put them in their place. But let me tell you, long as you got that good book in your hand, that, that good Bible in your hand, oh, baby, you have every right to be as respectful as you want to. And don't spare the rod. Because guess why? They're human. People know what they do. People make choices. They make decisions every day. You cannot spare somebody that's continuously in your life just because of a relationship that you're the only one trying to hold together. If they ain't making no effort to fix anything with you, just because they're your mom, your sister, your brother, your cousin, your uncle, they, if they ain't making no efforts to make it right, and you making all the efforts, you putting in all the work, you trying to be this better person, you trying to overlook what they're doing continuously, and they still doing it, and they don't care, and they know they doing it sometimes, but they play victim? Listen. You have every right to be respectful as you want to be and use that good book to bring him out in you so that you can put them in their place and rid them and their negative habits of being negative in people's life. Sometimes people negative because they just want to be negative. Like they, they don't even care. They, they so negative and unhappy with their life that they love to see everybody around them like that. And that just, that just becomes a habit for them. Like, they don't even, they come to the point where it's okay. And it's not okay. It's not. When you know right, and you know right from wrong, and you living by this good book, you know what you gotta do. Be respect, listen. I, I love my family to death, babe, but I will quickly tell them, girl, okay, <laughs> that don't sound right, but all right, and I will hang up, baby, go into prayer, say a prayer for them, Lord, I don't know what she got going on, I don't know why she think that's okay, but it's not okay, I know right from wrong, I'm trying to stay right on a, on a, bit, on a good path. And I pray that she gets to know you like I'm getting to know you. And if she got to know you the way I'm getting to know you, she'll know that what she do is no good. She do not know better. But since I know better, I have to do better. And when you know better and you're reading better and you're trying to do better, you have to do better. Ain't no going back to what you used to do and what you want to do or what you think you can do. God said, when you know better, you do better. It was okay before you start reading a good book. Because you didn't know. You didn't know what God had played for. You didn't know. You didn't understand the word. You didn't nurture the word.
word. You didn't get to know the word. But now that you're building this relationship with him and you're getting to know the word for yourself, now you know what to do and what not to do and how to handle people. So don't be passive aggressive with them just because they hold the title family. No, they got they got the same good book they can read and pick up too. And they will see that what they're doing to you and what they're doing to other people is wrong. You, uh-uh. Stop, stop doing that for grown-ups. You holding their hand. You're sheltering them. They gotta learn. Granted, we are not punishers. We are not punishers and we are not judgers. Now, just because I no longer want to associate with you until you get yourself together, does not mean I will be disrespectful. Does not mean I will not care. Does not mean I will not love you any differently. I love you. I do, baby. I love you. Just because she's wrong, I love you, baby. I'm still respectful when I see you. Hey, girl, how you doing? But I ain't that chit-chat with you. I no longer want that relationship. <laughs> Until I see you make an effort for it, I'm okay. That don't mean I have to act like you, though. I'm going to be the good one. I'm going to please God in everything I do. And if that means ridding my attitude from what I used to do and respond to people and ridding some things I used to say, fine, that's cool. I choose him over this flesh any day. So just because you have that problem don't mean I will retaliate or react with a problem. I'm let you have that problem. I'm still remain good. Hey girl, alright, y'all girl, have a good day. But when they don't know better, they won't respond like that. Their response is gonna be, "Girl, why you ain't talking to me? Why you got attitude? What? No, you see, you ain't gotta do all that because you know better. See, that's the difference. When you know the word, you start to nurture it, and when you start to nurture it, you start to implement it. When you start to implement it, you start doing better because now you want that in your life." And you have to read people just like you read family. Forget that. No. You gonna live by the word, you gotta treat them like the word too, but move on. All right, let's I'm I'm going on, Lord. I'm ooh, ooh, I gave myself word. Ooh. And some places and the places that does not allow you the proper elevation for your new journey. Y'all, we can stick around somewhere. We can go to these places that we used to go to. And guess what? They ain't growing a tad bit in us. I'm going to tell you that. <laughs> they ain't growing nothing. Uh, and, and, you know, some of these places where we go to, they don't serve us no purpose. No purpose. But we there because, why? Wow, we so used to going there. But I'm going to tell you this. If it don't serve you no purpose no more and you don't want to be there, you ain't got to go. Because guess why? When you know better, you do better. It don't matter who there. <laughs> they can call you and be like, girl, we had so-and-so. I, I'm not in the mood. I, you know, I just really don't crave doing things I used to do. It, it's going gonna, it's gonna to hit you. You're going to stop craving things you used to do. And, and I used to say the same thing. I'm like, man, why y'all don't do this? Why y'all don't do that? But I... 
It's some things I used to do I don't do. And I'm, I can't say I'm happy. <laughs> I'm very happy. Now, you might get mad at me because I don't want to go or I don't want to do this or that. But hey, I'm cool with it. Because guess why? Guess who I'm making happy? <laughs> I ain't worried about you. You ain't got nowhere for me to go. You ain't got a heaven or hell for me. Okay? So I, I'm good. I, I don't need you ain't the judge, and you ain't the juror, and you is not my punisher. So you serve me no purpose in making you disappointed on somewhere I don't want to go no more. Okay? So, and something that you've been holding on to and buried for a long time. Y'all know some things we hold on to and we think just because we buried it or don't talk about it no more, we think it's okay. We think it's gone. We think it's disappeared. We think we'd handle it. We think we'd heal from it. In reality, I'm getting chills talking about this one. I don't know what's going on, but I, when I get chills, that means he, my, the spirit is present. Uh, I'm getting chills on this one. Um, so this ain't gonna be me talking. <laughs> That's all I gotta say. He about to take over my whole my whole little section I got here, but. Just because you bury something, just because you don't bring it up anymore, just because you don't talk about it anymore, just because you hide it under the rug, or you may think that, oh, if it's not brought up, that means it's dealt with. That means it's healed, I'm healed. That means I can go on with my life. No, <laughs> you cannot. I'm sorry. Whatever you have buried and don't speak about no more, now is the time to deal with it. You will not properly heal from something that you bury. If it's it, you, look, healing takes place on everything that's visible. Everything you want to be healed will become visible. I'm telling you, when you go to the doctor and you've been having this weird pain, never knew what it was, and when you finally go, they tell you, oh, we don't know what it is, but we think it may be da-da-da. Okay, cool. You get the medicine, go home, and you think it's da-da-da. Go back next week. Thank you for the same pain. Okay, we're going to run some more tests. Nothing was in your blood. We don't think it was that, so that's out. All right, change up the medicine, give you something else for da-da-da-da. You go back home, and finally, when you go back for a third time, you have an ultrasound or a CAT scan or some kind of MRI. And now that they can visibly see a lump, a mass, an ovary missing, or a fibroid, or a, a cancerous cell, or a baby in there, or, you know, fibroids. You know, now that it's visible on the screen, you can start your proper healing, right? So, if you don't bring it out to God, and make it known to Jesus that this is something you want to heal from. 
can he start the proper healing in you if you don't make it visible for him? I know it may be shameful. I know you may feel, oh, Lord, I'm getting chills right now. I know you may be shameful. I know it may feel like you just may be so vulnerable if you display that or bring it back up again or people may think it's so old and you don't need to be still talking about it. No, no, no. It needs to be talked about because guess why? I need to be healed. And anything I need to be healed from, I need to talk about it. So, if you try to bring it up with the person or the thing or the wherever it happened, if you try to bring it up with anyone, they may tell you that, oh, girl, that's old. You don't need to be talking about that. Or, girl, that been, that been done with. I thought you been, been did this a bit. Fine. Accept it. That's the choice they made on how to deal with you when you brought up a vulnerable moment. I'm not saying it's right. We know it's not right because in the good book, it says that it's not right. You know, but that's the effort that you made to fix that. And the reason why I say effort that you made to fix that, because that's something you brought up to do, to handle it. Now, if they make the effort to tell you it's old and tell you, oh, you don't need to be bringing up that no more, or you need to be moving past that, we thought you got past that, we thought, that, you know, it was dealt with, it's old, you forgave and moved on. No, clearly, that's their decision they made to, to, to stop that from happening. You made the right decision to bring it up and make the effort to change it. Now, accept it, forgive them, because they don't know him like you do. You got to remember, just because people say they are saved, just because they say, oh, girl, I'm so spiritual, I believe in the Lord, they may be on a different level than you. There are different spiritual levels. There are different rankings <laughs> when it comes to dealing with God in your relationship. I don't know what you got to think. I don't know where you at in your relationship with God, but I'm on, I'm on, I'm on a whole nother level. <laughs> Me and God, we, it's cause you gotta, you gotta think like I'm finally, where you at in your relationship with God, but I'm on, I'm on, I'm on a whole nother level. <laughs> Me and God, we, it's cause you gotta, you gotta think like I'm finally getting to know him for myself. I'm reading more. I'm getting into the word. I'm nurturing his word. See, they may be just reading just to read. They may be just reading a verse because somebody told them to read that. Or they may be just reading because they saw it on, on a social media site. But you, you are actually taking the time to read something for yourself. You're taking the time to go in and and research these words for yourself, these scriptures for yourself. But them, they don't see that's a different level of spirituality. That's a different level of your relationship with God. See, that whole go do this and you should read this, that's on a different level. 
See, now I'm doing this myself. I want this relationship. See, this is guidance level. They're being guided by somebody else right now. That's probably spiritual level is different from theirs as well. So they're being guided on what to read. But you, 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 you looking for something for yourself. You want to know him. So you have to, you have to know this. Like, that's how they chose to handle that. Now, God, I'm moving on. I did my part. Now I need you. God know what you've been through. He know what you're burying. He know what you did bury. He know why you buried it. He knows why they chose to respond to you the way they did. Now it's up to you. Me, yes, you girl, or you boy. Yes, it's up to y'all. See, you're building that relationship with God. But how can you build something with him if you can't talk to him? See, it's okay for you to read his word, huh? It's okay for you to get to know him. But when he needs to get to know you about something he already knows, and he just want to hear from your mouth. See, that mouth is a powerful tool. The tongue is a powerful weapon you have on your body. And guess what? God loves when we are vulnerable with him. It draws us close. You ever heard the, the scripture about how close God is to the broken heart? Mm. He is close to the broken heart of people, baby. And if you feel broken heart right now, you got to remember he is close to you even more. Because he knows what it's like. That's somebody that knows what it's like to be you. To go through what you've been through. Or to go through what you're going through. Why not be vulnerable with him? Be like, God, I already know. You know what it is. But I need you to hear me talk to you about this. You need to sit down and have a conversation with him and be open about whatever you buried, whatever you, you've been covering up these last three years in your life, whatever you thought was okay and is now, it's not, it's okay because God is revealing things to you now. Whatever you thought was okay, and now that God is revealing to you that it's not okay, you need to talk to him about it. Now is your time to be open. And if you can't say it, write it down. Write him a letter. Keep a journal. Y'all, I have about five, five journals going around here. Uh, and, and I love it. I'm a writer. It's what I do. And I, and I had a hard time expressing myself verbally until I started writing. Oh, yes. And then when I start writing Dear God letters, I got into the word more and started nurturing on it. And then I realized that talking to him, telling him things he already know, was drawing me closer to him. See, God already know you had a bad day at work. He know. He already know. Your family about to make you mad. He already know everything about what's about to happen. But guess what? He still want to hear from you. So whatever you buried, whatever you shook up in your life, whatever you think is not okay, it, it was not okay, now it's okay. You need to talk to him about it. Be like, God, I tried to go to him. I tried to fix the problem. And I made the effort to do so. But please forgive them. 
for the way they responded to me, the way they reacted to me when I tried to make the effort to fix it. Because I want to start this healing process. And that's what I'm going through in season seven right now. This is episode two. And like I said in the beginning, it starts with us. See, that's an infirmity. When something like that is buried in you or, or buried inside of that's an infirmity in you because now it's affecting you on the outside. It's affecting your relationship with people. It's affecting how you may be working. It's affecting the relationship with your kids. It's affecting you in everything you do because of what happened. And that's an infirmity that's holding bondage on you that you need to be freed from. But you can't be free until you start the healing process. And you haven't started the healing process because you haven't opened up to God yet. You gotta be vulnerable with them. That, hey, you got, you don't have to have it all together when you go to him. That's the one thing I love about God, baby. You ain't gotta be perfect. You ain't gotta know what you're talking about. You ain't even gotta know anything, but just going to him. Let him know that you trust him. And most of all, what God wants from us, not just our love, not just our thank yous, but he wants us to trust him. He wants to be trusted. You ever had a man that wants to be trusted? Baby, people will tell you, boyfriend, husband, and baby, trust me, trust me. But you know they're going to do something wrong. But when God say trust me, don't he come through? <laughs> So I'll never be alone. 
I may be single, no man or whatever, but I'm never alone. So my prayer to you and to everybody that tune in and replay this message, um, that is the closing of my inspirational message. And you can tune in with me next week, Monday for episode three. This is episode two. And you can also tune in with seasons one through six on my podcast right now. And um, this is a live recording. So I will be doing these every Friday night. Now, Monday night, I will not be doing lives. They're just going to be audio and I'm going to release them. But Friday nights, I will be doing the episode recordings live because I, I like it. And I do have some questions that um, I have to go into, but it'll be on the show when you hear the full show. I'm not going to keep y'all on long. But my prayer before I leave is that for you, dear Heavenly Father, I don't care where you at either, bottom heads, let's get it. I don't care, Let, let's get it. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your visions you have placed in our lives and over our lives. And I come to you tonight to not only thank you, but to also ask that you Y'all, give me, give me a moment. I wrote this fast. Oh, Lord. That you place these visions in my... in my journey for me to understand and for those who do not understand my journey or what I may be going through, give them a peace of mind to know that I have you by my side each step of the way. And to know that if I may need help, I know how to seek it through you. And I know how to ask them if I need additional resources. But with you by my side, Lord, although I am striving to be the best me I can be, please help me to not fall into the state of visionless, of only exile. Because when I fall short of visionless, that means I'm losing sight. And when I start to lose sight, Lord, that means I'm starting to lose faith. Please help me to keep my vision alive and strive to be the best woman or man you will want me to be and grow into be through you.